Indie Ford on Radio 3 and Forever. It's exactly quarter past ten. It's Thursday morning. If you would like to join us on Facebook Live and say hi or bye to Steve Fines, please do. Morning Brew is the page. And uh, Steve, good morning to you. Welcome good, to the... Good morning. Welcome back to the conversation, Pete. It's been a while. It has. It has. And what a pleasure it was not seeing you before. Are you getting, I... are you getting used to this then, being back in the room? It, it... You might need a mic. Oh, a mic. Have one of mine. Oh, thank you. Is this a gov- Have a free one. I thought I'd use a government mic as, as we're in that kind of zone. Sorry about that. That's um, all right. You sounded great down there. Shall I say good morning again? Good no, morning, I'm Steve. not going to bother with that. How are you? I'm all right. Totally good. But I've got a great... Um, the, the story that has brightened my week, and God, we need stories to brighten our week, is inevitably it involves the chief executive in name only, uh, the Sino Carrie well, that Lamb. didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't take long. So... She gets a parcel for Mother's Day, which can, which the police, which is labelled as a present for her. And the police go, nobody's going to send this woman a present. It's going to be a bomb, isn't it? So they're about to deal Re- with it. Really, really, really? No, this is, this is, this is a story. It, it was in the pubic print, so it okay. must be true. It must be true. Um, so, so they were about to, they were about to detonate it. When her husband stepped in and goes, oh, Boy. actually, that's a gift from her sons. As, as, as the listener may know, such is the patriotism and enthusiasm for Hong Kong that both of uh, Carrie's sons live abroad, one in Germany, one in, in, in England. Anyway, well, they're not daft, are they? Not Do you know what I'm saying? And, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they apparently sent her this handbag. And, and as I say, um, yeah. the, the police were going, no, no, no one's ever going to send that woman a present. It must be a bomb. But, but, Thanks to the intervention of um, uh, Mr. Lamb, who isn't called Mr. Lamb, of course. Um, Do you blame him? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, 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 the uh, potentially <laughs> explosive device was not detonated. You mean it's from Trevor Oothwaite <laughs> yes. of One Acacia Avenue Broadstairs? Yes. <laughs> Al Qaeda <laughs> Towers, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, boy, oh boy, seriously, Steve, what, where have we come to? The... <laughs> well, she's, of course, she, she, she's 63 um, this week. And there was a birthday celebration. Well, happy birthday. Everybody deserves a happy birthday. Everybody deserves... And indeed, uh, people came out in the shopping malls um, yesterday to celebrate that that occasion. And the police um, fired their tribute, which was called Pepper Gas. So (laughs) there was a sort of ironic birthday celebration in shopping malls. And it was drowned in a sea of Pepper Gas. So, well, anyway, I'm glad she's... Whatever, I, well, sixty-three. That was an expensive birthday. That present. was an expensive birthday <laughs> present. And meanwhile, oh, I mean, did she get to keep the handbag? Apparently, see, that's all we need to know. It was unexploded, and I'm I'm sure both her sons did a you know did a good thing by sending it to her. So well done, boys. They're not exactly boys, but you know what I mean. Oh, in, in the in the London way, we call them boys. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, I mean, you know, when when fast. Um, disintegrates into tragedy here we are so it turns out the main reason I mean we knew this but it's now been confirmed the main reason they've been fretting about um, LegCo getting down to business is that at a time when the economy is going through the floor when there's a medical pandemic when people are locked up in their houses the absolute priority for getting LegCo back to work is to introduce a law on how to sing the national anthem. Now, you may say to yourself, really, can that possibly be true? Answer, yes, it is. Um, well, we've the, known about this one for quite a long time. We've known it for a while, but now, 
Um, everybody, you know, the bosses have said it. So, so the liaison office boss has said it. Of course, the Sino herself has gone, oh, I agree with him. And then all the usual, you, you, you know, array of Muppets going, oh, I agree, I agree. National Anthem Law, very important, very important. And you now have a situation where the most important mission during this time of crisis, and this is not overusing the word crisis, during this time of crisis, the most important mission of Hong Kong's legislators is to get through a law to tell people how to sing the National Anthem. I mean, honestly, honestly, can you believe it? Answer, uh, of course you can. See all these jazzers going to jail for adding a flattened sixth to the second verse or something. A flattened sixth? I hadn't heard it had got that bad. <laughs> I had no idea it had got that bad, honestly. So there we have it. That, 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 that's going on at the moment. But in the meantime... Stick with this a second. Yeah. We've done it before, but it's coming back um, to the power ten in, with the intent well, the and reason, everything the right now. The reason they're... they're uh, I, uh, oh, sorry, I should explain this. The reason they're panicking about it is that if it isn't passed in this session, the, the legislation falls. Yeah. I mean, that's the Did you notice in, the, the, in the memo that, <coughs> Ma that Matthew Jung put out last week, it grabbed me this... It was, it was basically, I don't know if it was to government, whatever. It was on his blog. I think it was on his blog, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And you do realise that if this isn't done by July, it can't go through. Yeah. That was almost like an Easter egg, don't you yes. think? Well, I mean, it is the rules. It's not just I, I, that. I know, but you see what I mean. He's saying, oh, by the way. But what they're really <laughs> also saying is that they're, they're worried. Um, I was going to use an expletive, and I'm not allowed to do that. They're worried to the nth degree Very good. about what would happen after the new LegCo convenes, because, after all, the new LegCo will be the newly, executed, le newly elected LegCo. Indeed. And the potential there for the usual avalanche of support for, for the pro-China parties to succeed is now very much in question. I assume what's going to happen is... I think the polls will go ahead now, but I think what we're going to see is an enormous swathe of disqualifications so that, that the, the odds will be very much um, weighed in one direction. Of course, the disqualifications will only be of Democrats. There's no question that anybody That's who's a pro-China person would be disqualified from standing, whatever they do. You know, even if you've been sitting in the LegCo making racist sexist remarks to fellow legislators that won't disqualify you but you know Dragon Ray if, if you brought scruff. out a yellow hanky and sneezed that's prima facie evidence of 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 being a, a, a rioter and wanting to bring down civilization as we knew it yesterday so i think that's obviously what's going on and it's quite interesting i mean they've formed this cockamamie group of of people who are not involved in politics, Lan Chung Ying, Tung Chi Wa, Maria Tam, I mean, all the usual suspects, who are going to apparently campaign for the uh, pro-China camp. If I were members of the pro-China camp, I'd say to them, uh, could you please not do that? It's only going to put people off. Yeah. It, it will, it will mobilise their own supporters, I'm sure, but, but all it's elections going to get very are... very well, devilly and detailly now, isn't it? Well, because it, the show must go on, The apparently. show must go on, but, you know, all elections are won by people who are not, you know, firmly in one camp or the other. It's the people who are undecided. And the more they see of, of, of uh, CY Leung and what have you, the more they'll go, 
I think I'd better vote the other way. I want to say hi to Peter, who sends us an email, Steve. Does he now? He says, don't forget the biggest and potentially most costly <coughs> tactic of Carrie to grow her support, her sly reduction by five years at the age of which middle-aged elderly get highly subsidised public transport. He says, remember this group will be living longer than their elders. Not only that, they will replace their elders as cheap couriers of documents, etc., around town on public transport. Entirely possible. I mean, you know, they, they really have a problem, which is that, that uh, uh, and they, they're now even saying this, which is why they keep hammering on about how to bring political indoctrination into schools, is that they've lost a generation. There's a generation of people in Hong Kong, certainly below the age of 20, but I would argue probably below the age of 40, yeah. that just are not taking this nonsense anymore. They're fed up. They're not going to sit there and and eat um, panda food and all the rest of it. They're just saying, you know, we don't believe a word you say. We're against you. You do get so, that impression. So what they what they're doing is they're saying, well, at least the the older level of the population, I believe it's called a strata or whatever it's called, yeah, um, are still with us. So we'll you know we'll we'll shovel up as many goodies as we can, but. Just don't forget that one fifth, sorry, one quarter of people of uh, above the age of 60 are living in poverty in Hong Kong. Mm. So, you know, the reality is that there may be cheap bus fares, there may be better um, access to medical facilities, all of which, incidentally, I think are good things. But it doesn't change the grim reality of grinding poverty among the elder people in Hong Kong. You know, and and you know the younger people of today guess what they get older so when, you know pe when people email us steve sometimes i'm sure people who don't agree with them say where do you get this nonsense from it's panicking blah 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 it's not so much that people have points of view that others will disagree with for me it's the fact that they feel the need to not trust one iota every time something comes out and then of course comes a, a conspiracy theory i want to read another one for you well, if you don't can mind. i just just yeah, say very on. briefly i mean that's that's what comes in a polarised society. Mm -hmm. It's not that people won't listen to other people's arguments. They don't even believe that they have any credibility. Yeah. Let's go to one from Richard here. It's morningbrewer.rthk.hk. Or do join us on Facebook Live. Easier to put a comment up there, and I'll keep it going through the news. So Richard says, I would like to address the issue of police in Hong Kong using this excuse to break up groups of people who are... He's talking about distancing laws, right? Uh, who are supposedly violating guidelines issued by Carrie Lam's government. The legal ruling in the UK is that this is not something the police should be policing. Social distancing is not a legal excuse for breaking up groups under the rule of law. It looks like in Hong Kong, it's ruled by the police. That comes from Richard, word for word. I mean, this is this conversation is often had, isn't it? Very interesting. Um, and it does look as though one of the reasons they're maintaining this uh, rule of no groups larger than eight, remember it was four, is because we're coming into the height of the demonstration season, June the 4th round. Demonstration, it's like party season, well, darling. You know, but, but it so happens June is a big month. As I say, June the 4th, the Tiananmen commemoration, sure. the anniversary of the current protests, two anniversaries during June. So, you know, it's very sensitive. And if you can use a pretext for banning rallies, although I, I'd have to say that the police don't bother normally to even to use a pretext, they just ban them. It's an old, it's, it's an old, it, it's an old trick, one, but it? now they can say, oh, it's all to do with, with, with the pandemic. Well, if that is so, let's take what happened this week 
when Chris Tang went along to district council to um, talk to district councillors, uh, we can come back to what he said because it's very sure. interesting. Sure, sure, sure. About he did concede a chief, bit. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's very interesting. We're talking about the chief of police. There were groups of more than eight pro-China, pro-police demonstrators there. Funnily enough, the police couldn't see them at all as being in groups of more than eight. They were completely left alone to stand outside the district council, chant slogans, hold banners. If that happens to people on the other side of the political divide, something very different happens. It usually involves tear gas. or No, it's pepper spray is the chosen weapon at the moment. But anyway, what I'm saying is, if you've got a rule, selective enforcement tells you that that's not a real rule. It's a pretext rather than a rule. Now, we have a problem. We have. We have... Um, this coronavirus and it does need to be tackled but if the police are going to sully tackling a medical pandemic with a political agenda it's not going to work it really isn't going to work because the one way and this is something that hong kong's shown that despite its awful incompetent and downright stupid government the people of hong kong have actually joined together and fought the virus which is why we have so few deaths here such a small number of infections but if they're going to if they are intent on politicizing controls to bring down these infections i think that's irresponsible to a very very high degree i want to put something up on our screen here because i've just had an email from one of our listeners steve and i put it up there on our morning brew facebook page uh, it's um an article in the guardian he says <coughs> he says i was just sent this as steve mentioned it uh, the stakes are higher. Hong Kong's battle lines redrawn for post-COVID protests. Let's just flick down a bit here. Uh, Hong Kong is bracing for another summer of protest after renews violence, renewed violence in Parliament, they say. Uh, shopping malls and streets over the weekend, but after almost a year of Beijing's escalating anger, a growing sense of impunity among police and a still dangerous pandemic, the rules of engagement are being redrawn. Just have a quick look at this. I'll take it off the screen uh, in a minute. Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's, I haven't seen that article but i what it says is very interesting because the 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 usual stupid predictions that these protests would somehow go away and this was the government's line from day one oh most people in hong kong are against the protests oh they'll run out of steam oh people aren't they might say they're protesting about democracy but really they're protesting about housing you know people here are far too stupid to even know what they're protesting about etc etc all of these all of these narratives have proved to be complete and utter nonsense now the fusing of the coronavirus pandemic and the um, anti-government protests which is being egged on by the government itself means almost guaranteed to to trigger an explosion all right then we're going to stop for a news break in just a few seconds get onto our morning brew page if you want to join in live or keep the emails coming i've got it in front of me morning brew at rthk.hk okay steve where were we all yours well, I think we, we, we just before the break, we, we were um, mentioning that, that the Chief of Police, Chris Tang, has said that the handling of journalists during the protests earlier in this week in Mong Kok 
was, I think he said, unsatisfactory, to, to, to use his direct words. And he has offered to meet journalist associations, I think this week or possibly next week, I don't know when, anyway, quite soon. Now, the fact of the matter is that this is getting really quite out of hand. If anybody has watched the videos, not just from Mong Kok, incidentally, but from last night in the shopping malls, you will see policemen targeting reporters with pepper spray. And one of the policemen charmingly said, uh, they're not reporters, they are yellow-clad, uh, uh, they're camera-holding yellow-clad objects. So they're trying to dehumanise people whose job it is to report on these protests. Now, the police view is that the reporters are the same as the protesters. Uh, that's a questionable proposition. And that they have no legitimate right to be there and indeed are interfering with their work by being there when demonstrations are held. Now, I know that some people say, well, that, that sounds reasonable. I mean, you know, they've got a job to do. Well, the police do have a job to do. I don't question that for one moment. But so do reporters. And if you want to live in a society where there is freedom of expression, a free flow of information, you have to allow the ground troops, i.e. the people, the reporters on the front lines, to do their jobs. You certainly do not start knocking them about and spraying them with pepper spray. Now, there is some discussion, and this is something that makes me very, very uneasy, about the government saying, oh, well, we will licence who we think are reporters, and only those people will be acknowledged as legitimate reporters. That goes, the, the idea of any state determining who and who is not a reporter is very worrying indeed, because it's the sort of thing that happens in, oh, that's right, across the border in China. It's the sort of thing that happens in all dictatorships, by the way. It, mm. It's what they do. Now, we're not supposed to be living in a dictatorship. We're supposed to be living in a pluralistic society. Now, there's problems here. There's all sorts of problems. I mean, we saw this incident with this 14-year-old who was reporting for a... a younger, um, actually, I think. Was I think. 13? Yeah. Uh, very young, anyway, that's the point. Um, uh, it was a boy, you know, who's reporting for essentially what it is, is a student newspaper. I assume it's an online publication. That is problematic. I, I, I get that. I think the idea of um, very, very young people uh, being there as reporters is definitely problematic. Good for the CV in a few years it's to come, though. This well boy's going to go far, but isn't he? <laughs> I would add that at the moment, the whole media scene is very complex. I mean, in the old days, uh, I, you know, when I was a lad, um, us reporters mainly worked for newspapers, television stations, radio stations. It was quite clear. Hmm. But now, with the explosion of online publications and online media of all kinds, hmm. it's very hard to say what is legitimate and what is not a legitimate news organisation. I've got an email here from P Pete who brings up a very good point, um, just as you mentioned yeah. that. He said, ask him about press accreditation system here. He said, is it too, la too, too slack compared to other places in the world? Question mark. And then underneath he said, <laughs> using, quote, junior reporters aged 12. I mean... Uh, 
I, I really don't know, Steve. I well, get it's, him, a I student, get it. it's a student publication, so yeah, I, I don't think it was being used, yeah. per se. I don't, I don't know about used, that's a pejorative term. But is it slack here, accreditation? Well, no, I think the fact is accreditation here is exactly the same as it is in all um, societies where you have freedom of, freedom of the media, i.e. the Journalists' Association issues accreditation, you have to be a member of the, in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Journalists Association, and you get a press pass from them. Mm. And you have to tell them who you work for, what you do. I mean, you can't just sure. write in and say, oh, I'd like a press pass because, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit frisky with my typewriter. I think that um, the system here only is brought into question because the government and the police have brought it into question. It works perfectly well elsewhere. Let me, let me put it to you this way. I mean, I've had experience as a reporter in circumstances which, unfortunately, are rather more dire than those that exist in Hong Kong. And in the old days, if you had a... Uh, in the old days, at that time, if if you were a reporter, first of all, um, it, it wasn't brought into question in the way that it is now because who would be lunatic enough... To do the job ..to be out on the place. streets when, the, you know, bullets were flying around... Um, uh, 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 missiles were flying around. You you need to be clinically insane to be doing that unless you were doing it for a very specific purpose of reporting the news. So, on the whole, people in extreme circumstances do not worry about which card you're carrying because it's kind of obvious that you're only there for that purpose. Now, if it is the case that, that, that the... Um, government says well you know with online media it's all getting very confused the, the the trade needs to police itself that i'm in favor of i do think that that and and it is being done but i do think that the journalists associations the hkj isn't the only one incidentally mm. could be stepping up to the plate more and saying you know we draw a distinction between people who are genuinely occupied yeah. reporting the news and those who are out there on a part-time basis there's nothing wrong with them being out there on a part-time basis but they're not they're not journalists by trade you and peter are on the same page this morning because he carried on by saying how about the abuse from people claiming to be quote press at the weekend he said infiltration by bad sorts well you're talking about in the old days who on earth would want to be out there well you've answered your own question yeah. in terms of this let's pop up the news article about these young people up on our screen here i'll just get There's you going incidentally very few of them i mean let's get I, I this in, in in proportion we're looking at it now join us on facebook live if you want the headline is teen reporters taken away for their safety police well whatever that is something that's often said police have said they detained two teens with press cards at the harbour city mall on sunday to protect them they were released to their guardians later we got a 12 year old and a 16 year old girl boy and a girl who told officers they were student reporters during the dispersal at the mall where many protesters had gathered for an anti-government demonstration i'll leave that up there for a couple of seconds so have a quick flick through it if you're watching us so what about that D um well i don't um, press know cards. when they say they had press cards i mean you know you can you 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 you, you can sit on your own computer and yeah. hang out a press card i mean there, there are press cards and press cards that's all i'm saying i'm not suggesting we get too hung up on this no but it's but a thing i do think that that um and i, I think it's something recognized by people in the, in in the profession you 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 have to have a system but it has to be a self-policing system once the government gets to decide who is allowed to be a reporter and who isn't you're in very murky waters and remember in hong kong it was the government 
who who tried to hold the line against people from online publications being allowed to attend press briefings. In fact, they, they did for a bit, they, didn't they? They did, I'm yeah. saying. They, they did. And, you know, it, it became increasingly ludicrous because as matters stand today, I think very few people, very, very few people hmm. under the age of 35 would dream of picking up a newspaper or would watch a conventional... Uh, news to a television news broadcast they might read what is in or watch what is in these broadcasts but they don't do it in the conventional way mm -hmm. so the fact is that you've got a generation now who consume news in vastly different ways from the older generation and if you're saying that the media that caters for them is somehow illegitimate what you're saying is young people or younger people should be denied access to news that's a very bad road to be travelling down. Let's let that sink in for a minute. Join us on Facebook Live. Love to hear from you. A few people watching and listening to you, but uh, no poison yet. I tell you what I do want to do, if if we may. Yes. Go, I want to turn back the clock, go back to the anthem. Um, right. I'm putting up a thing on our, on your screen right now if you're watching us. It's an email from Alan. There's no personal details up there, don't worry. Alan says, Dear Phil, it's tempting to think that pushing the anthem law is calculated to ignite more protest, to justify more arrests and with any luck to give an excuse to postpone the LegCo election. But more likely, it's just instinctive shoe-shining, says Alan. I wonder what happens when people start singing Glory to Hong Kong and some blues come along and start to sing the March of the Volunteers. Instant, well, we, instant arrest for that. those singing the wrong anthem. Will uh, people... <laughs> that's not the word he uses. Will people like Junior So start going around singing the anthem, hoping to provoke disrespect? Actually weaponizing the anthem is showing it even more disrespect that's a good point it is a good point and i weaponizing I, it of the two explanations that alan offers <laughs> i would go for the shoe shining one i mean the 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 introduction of the national anthem legislation re let's remember the genesis of this it came out of football supporters in hong kong yeah. who would be attending matches where the March of the Volunteers, the Chinese National Anthem, was played, mm. and they were turning their backs and shouting slogans. And this caused apoplexy yeah. up in a, a, northerly, a northerly climb. And, of course, the, 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 you know, the quizzlings down here went, oh, apoplexy up there, we better do something, we better do something. Yeah. So, you know, but it's all of a piece. I it's know. all of a piece. We've got the National Anthem legislation. We've got this enormous push on um, political indoctrination in schools. My suspicion there, incidentally, is that they're going to turn the liberal studies curriculum on its head and effectively turn it into a patriotic education well, curriculum. Well, wouldn't you, if you were... I think that's what they're going to do. And they're going to say, oh, well, this is purely administrative. It's uh, who nothing. invented liberal studies, Steve, here? I have no idea. I thought I it was know. something to do with Mr Tung. <laughs> Way back. I, 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 think, I don't know. I think so. I mean, it, it is actually taught throughout the world. It's not a particular... No, 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 I mean this yeah, version I, of it. I don't know. This version of it. I'll tell you what, Muriel um, gave me a quick uh, line here and says, bait for controversy, great, great photos to send around the world. That is a very good point. Well, you know, I, I've been thinking about this because China now... And let's just talk about the bosses, not the minions. China now has got a really enormous image problem. I saw today there was a new opinion poll out from Canada where the ratings of um, trust in the Chinese government have, have gone through the floor. There's a big Pew poll in the United States saying that um, 
distrust and dislike of the Chinese government is, is at an all-time high. Around the world, even among countries like Italy, where there's been an enormous closeness between the Chinese and the local governments of those countries, in places like Kenya, which have moved very, very close to the government in Beijing, there's an enormous backlash. And China has been facing this backlash with its so-called wolf warrior diplomats who think that it's a good idea to get people on side in France by, by for example, broadcasting with glee the number of deaths and reports of uh, bad care in old people's homes. Now, people are going to look at this and say, really? Is that what your message to the world is? That you relish deaths in our country? I mean, that, that caused an enormous furore in France. But I think the thing is that these diplomats now aren't actually mm. talking to the foreign audience. They're talking to their very, very hardline masters in Beijing <coughs> and earning brownie points for being the, you know, the, the most loyal of the loyalists. So they're losing the plot in a big way. Now, China is a world power. China is a substantial part of the international community. It really needs to start behaving as though it gives a damn about how people within that community look at it. And it won't be done by, by this kind of hysterical um, diplomacy that is now underway. And it won't be done, let's come back to Hong Kong, by pictures of people being tear-gassed and rounded up on the streets of Hong Kong. This all feeds into an impression of a state in panic, not a state in control. Let's go to one more email, which I'm also putting up on our screen, if you want to read it. This is from Drake, who says, In a parallel universe, someone called the police, alleging that people were causing <coughs> chaos in the mall. Officers went to check and found discreet people singing songs. Dinners are still eat Diners are still eating. Shoppers are still bargaining. No one gave a what's-it on what the choir was doing. The police called it a false report and left. Unfortunately, in another parallel universe, in Nazi-style raids, police broke into the mall, separating families and fining the younger members. That is from Drake. Yeah. Well, that's that's where this we is are. the kind of thing that these Yeah, that's where we great are. Great novels have been it, it, yes. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I incidentally I'm just reading at the moment. This is apropos of of this in fact, a, a, a great book called Dominion. Oh yeah. By um uh, E.J. Samson, who's a fantastic writer. I recommend this to anyone. But but the 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 pretext of the concept of this novel is that Germany won the war. Oh, and that Britain yeah. has become a quizzling state. And it, exactly what he describes, Samson depicts as going on in England, you know, people making um, sp sporadic demonstrations it, by, by way of resistance to, to Germany, to Nazi Germany, who's been triumphant, and the police coming in and sweeping them off the streets. I mean, it's strange that he should um, mention that, because I've just, just been Drake reading that Drake is a smart night. boy. Well, there you go. Who often gets in touch. I think we've got time for one more, Steve. <laughs> Shall we just very quickly talk about the great face, de uh, face mask debacle? Oh, yeah. Now, that apparently... People um, have been getting them, and they look like... They, yeah, they really do. If they're not want, the hyper-fashion. Let, let me put it this way. If you want a brazier, <laughs> get a brazier. That would be my view. But, I mean, you know, look, I mean, what are these, these nincompoops doing? First of all, they try and cover up who produces them that 
led to a bad smell all around. That's because they're second-hand underpants. That's a different story. Second-hand underpants, <laughs> int. Um, uh, then, then you know, and they disguise the ownership. Then they claim that this is an award-winning design and it's got a prize from an institute in Paris and it turns out, well, yeah, the company might have done. But it's like saying, you know, that, 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 Ford, that, that the Ford Prefect is the same as a Ford Gran Torino in terms of prize-winning capabilities just because they both come from the company called Ford. I mean, this is this is the sort of total, total stupidity that you get from people who should not be trusted to run a what's-it in a brewery. And, of course, it's too late. I mean, you know, the mass supply situation has been solved by the people of Hong Kong. They only bring them onto... Uh, on onto the streets once the problem's been solved. And guess what? People are going out selling them, which I, I believe is not part of the plan. But it's beyond the control of the numpties.